0: You can also tell your smart speakers to play Vision Kids Radio. If you don't already have the Vision app on your phone or tablet, you can download it for free when you search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Vision Kids, another way we're helping the whole family look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
1: We don't know why it is. Some people conquer and others do not.
0: Hi and welcome. This is Today with Jeff Vines. Now there's no escaping the fact that suicide rates and anger are rife. And yet there is no clear scientific reason why someone might be persuaded and able to take their own life. As we continue the message, Defeat Hopelessness today, Pastor Jeff will speak more about the brain, about how we think affects our emotional and physical state, and the good news that our brains can be retrained and be protected and empowered by God's Holy Spirit.
1: If you think you're going to spend one hour at church a week, and suddenly you're going to be able to have good thoughts, proper emotions, you're kidding yourself!
0: This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we continue our message, Defeat Hopelessness.
1: We don't know why it is that some people conquer and others do not. Moreover, we don't understand which comes first, the chicken or the egg. Did poor responses to emotional experience alter our brain chemistry? Or did brain chemistry alter our ability to respond to emotional experiences? We don't know. What we do know with certainty is there is no longer any doubt that what and how you think affects your emotional and physical state. Now, this is why, you know, you've heard me say, just because there are things I don't know with certainty doesn't change the things I do know with certainty. And that's what Christians have been trying to say over the centuries that we Christ followers believe that you can win the battle over suicide, that you can defeat the worst enemy the world has to offer, that you can live above your circumstances, that you can retrain yourself, that you can renew your minds to the degree that the Holy Spirit of God will give you the right word at the right time for victory. But the Bible tells you that if you're going to be able to do that, you're going to have to come to grips with reality. Now, that's strange using that word for Christians because the world accuses us of not being realist. But the Bible teaches something different. It says if you're going to be able to win the victory, you're going to have to come to some, some, to some terms on some things. You're going, to, you're going to have to admit the reality of the world in which we live. First John five nineteen. we know we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the evil one. The first thing you have to realize is there is a real battle for your mind on planet earth. And one leads to life and vitality and the other leads to death and disintegration. You can say, I don't believe in that supernatural stuff. All oh, you want to say it. But down deep inside, you know it's there. You know there is a sense of beyond and you know there are things that happen in your life in the universe for which you have no other explanation other than the supernatural. And Jesus tries to tell you time and again, there is a battle going on for your mind. And if you go one way, the way the world goes, your soul, your emotions, your mental health will disintegrate. But if you go the other way, you will rise above, you will live above, and you will be victorious. The apostle Paul, one of the greatest minds ever, said in Ephesians 6, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but Against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this darkness, present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Paul says, look, I can tell you all these things that you ought to be doing, but let me give it to you straight. There is one way of thinking that leads to life and another way of thinking that leads to death, and you're not strong enough to do it on your own. You're going to need the power of the presence of God in you to help you see clearly, to deal with your emotions clearly in a holy and pure way, if you ever hope to win the victory in this world. Because the world system in which you live is gonna to try to rob you. And by the way, folks, there's an imbalance of information coming at you. If you think you're gonna spend one hour at church a week and suddenly you're gonna be able to have good thoughts, proper emotions, you're kidding yourself. Because you're gonna go out and watch movies and read books and watch television and you're gonna be inundated with junk. And if you don't all said that, with the word and the power of God, then you're going to respond to the things that happen in a world that is held under the sway of the evil one inappropriately and you're going to get sick. Emotionally, mentally, physiologically. But scripture tells me that there is a weapon available to me and if you read Ephesians 6, you've got all these things about the wiles of the evil one, and you've got all these defense mechanisms. And then finally, the apostle Paul says, but hey, you've got a weapon too. And that weapon is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Paul says, there are forces you cannot see. Don't put your hope in them. Don't follow the way of the world. Cause you're gonna, you're gonna arrive at what you thought would give you completion and satisfaction, and it's never big enough to fill the hole in your heart. You've got at that moment to speak the truth of God's word into your life, and it will give you victory. Let me give you an example of how this works. Okay, back in Astana, I'm sitting at the cafe the last night before I leave to come back here. My daughter, Sion, I got to walk her to work every day and then walk her home. And that was just precious father and daughter time. So I'm sitting at the cafe, and Sam Smith is playing over the... See, you guys don't think I know your music. I know your music. And so I'm listening to Sam Smith, uh-huh. <laughs> and suddenly, it's one of those sad ballads, you know, and uh, I'm working on this message. And I just, it dawned on me that this is it. And I just started weeping. Now, when I say weeping, not, you know, just tears. You know how your eyes, you don't want anybody to know, so your eyes are getting really watered. So you're trying to, but you're cry inside, you're, you're, you're crying. And I started thinking, man, I'm going to leave tomorrow and I'm not going to see my daughter for a year I'm not gonna be able to encourage her and tell her that I love her and that she's beautiful and that she has what it takes to be successful in this world. I can't hold her when she gets lonely. She's in a country where no one speaks English. I know she's gonna be lonely and she's gonna want conversation. I can't encourage her when she's down and depressed. And I just began to weep that I couldn't be there. And then do you know what happened after about 30 seconds? Because I have spent time in my life seated on a couch, reading the word of God, the spirit of God fired the right word at the right time into my emotions to give me victory. And suddenly I remembered what the Bible teaches. And it's that this daughter of mine does not belong to me. She's the daughter of the living God. And God can transcend any distance and scripture tells me that God can hold her better than I ever could, that he can speak to her more words of encouragement than I could ever dream, that he can brighten her spirits in a way that I could never even imagine. And suddenly, as I began to think about what God could do in my absence, the tears began to dry up. Suddenly, I was able to respond to my emotions and my depression by taking myself by the Scruff of the neck and leading it to what is objectively true. You know, Oswald Chambers said that. He said, I love this. Moods never go by praying. (laughs) Don't you love that? You can pray all you want. Moods go by kicking. You got to take yourself by the scruff of the neck and shake ourselves. The curse with most of us is that we won't. Unless we train our emotions, they will lead us around by the nose and we will be captives through every passing impulse or reaction. But once faith is trained to control the emotions and knows how to lean resolutely against weakness of character, another entryway of doubt is sealed shut forever. Much of our distress as Christians comes not because of sin, but because we are ignorant of the laws of our own nature. The more you do this, the stronger you become. The less you do this, the weaker you become. Because there's an imbalance of information going into you every day. Folks, do you think our church encourages you to read your Bible, to have a devotional time, to get into life groups because we want to talk about how many people are reading their Bible or in life groups? We're trying to save you. Who would have thought that a devotional life can actually spare you from emotional tragedy, from the alteration of chemicals in your brain that leads to death and devastation? So, Pastor Jeff, how can we win the battle over suicide then? One, by speaking the truth of God into the lies of this world on a regular basis. Remember, it's science that tells us negative thoughts produce negative physiological, emotional, and mental consequences. But the Bible comes along and says, don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Every day, you've got to renew your mind. And you've got to get yourself thinking along the lines of Christ, the only hope in the world. The apostle Paul told you in Colossians 3, he said, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Think about those things up there, seated at the right end of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things of the earth, for you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What does that mean? Well, it means that there is life and mental health associated with the teachings of Jesus. Forgiveness, mercy, faith, trust, hope, purity, faithfulness, self-control, generosity, sacrifice, love. You think the church wants to manipulate you into these areas. We're just trying to tell you that the fruits of the Spirit, that is the way to life, to health and to vitality.
0: This is Today with Jeff Vines. We're continuing the message, Defeat Hopelessness. Pastor Jeff talks about how powerful our brains and thoughts are and the supernatural battle being played out for our mental health. As Ephesians 6 says, God's Spirit can protect us, the real us, emotionally, mentally, and physiologically. Here's Pastor Jeff as he finishes today.
1: This is the end, so stay with me here. Now, what happens in a message like this, somebody comes along and says, so Pastor Jeff, what you're saying is if I just think positively about life, I'm going to be okay. No. Your thoughts must be tied to something that is objectively true. In other words, you can say, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm just going to take a walk this afternoon right in the middle of the 210. But as I'm doing it, I'm going to think positively that I will not be run over. We're going to find you in the morgue because what you believe positively is not joined to objective reality or truth. Now, here is the objective truth Christians believe, and it's why Christianity is so unique, and it's why we believe you can win the battles of your life. Jesus Christ, a human being who lived and died in history and was then raised from the dead and was raised from the dead in history. This isn't fairy tale this is not myth or legend, and I don't have the time to go through the five major proofs of the resurrection, but for right now, this is the truth of Christianity. This is what gives us hope. Because Jesus lived, died, and raised from, rose from the dead in history, that proves to us there's something beyond the grave, and we put it usually like this. There is a transcendent reality beyond this imminent reality, and ultimately, that's what's going to save you. Why? Why? Because you're going to set your mind on the higher things and there's nothing higher than the transcendent, which means God is sovereign, that God is able to connect all the dots of your life. That means nothing happens outside of God's purview. It means history's going somewhere. It means that no event in your life, no matter how good, bad, or ugly, God has it in his hands. And even though you may go through life and never understand why this had to happen, you can have assurance that he's able to work everything together for good. And you, like Job, can say, I know that my Redeemer lives, and in the end, he will stand up on the earth. This is not just pie-in-the-sky stuff, folks. It's a truth that is connected to objective reality in history. The, the view, the belief, the experience of the transcendent. And here's what I want you to know. The soul, the essential you, the real you, you know, you know you're more than your body, right? I mean, how many of you are doing this at my age? You walk by a mirror, you look in and you're scared. <laughs> you, you, you go by and say, whoa, because you're saying, that's not me. I mean, literally, I look at photos and I live in denial. I say, that's, that, that, the camera angle was bad. That's not what I look like. That's exactly what I look like. But inside, I feel like I'm still 22. See, I think I'm still 22. So when I see a, a photo of my graduate, yeah, that's me. Graduation, I haven't changed any. <laughs> the real you is, not, is more than your body and you know it. You know it. And the soul for it to survive and to thrive must have spiritual food. And if all you give it is food from the temporal, it will disintegrate and die, and that will impact your emotions, your physiological nature, and your mental capacities. Science tells us that, but Jesus has been saying it for 2,000 years. Hey, do you remember the Lion King? Now, there's a new Lion King out, right? Okay, and it's also also been a Broadway show, I believe. Lion King. I'm gonna ask you to give your pastor a little leniency here, okay? I remember the first time I saw the first one. And Simba comes to the father, daddy lion, and and asks for an explanation about death because people are dying around him. Not people, but animals are dying. It's kind of scaring the little Simba. So he asks his dad to explain death. Now, here's the explanation. And this happens before the Elton John song starts going the circle of life, okay? He says, son... There is a, this is a great thing. We die, but then we become fertilizer that causes things to grow from the ground that feeds others who will come after us. The antelopes eat the grass, then we eat the antelope, so forth, so, so forth and so on. And we're all part of the circle of life. So when you die, don't worry. You don't go away. You become part of the circle of life. Isn't that wonderful? Now, I can't say what I really want to, so I'm just going to do this. Mm, no, no, that's not wonderful. I remember watching uh, an elementary school teacher trying to explain this to an eight year old. He runs out of the room saying, I don't want to be fertilizer. I don't want to be fertilizer. (laughs) Do you think that's comforting? That's not comforting. The kid was trying to say, You're trying to cheer me up. Stop it. It's not working. The movie Tolkien, based on the life of J.R.R. Tolkien, kind of gives you insight into his thinking. And you know, he wrote Lord of the Rings. But he also wrote a wonderful essay called On Fairy Stories. And the essay tries to explain humanity's appeal to fairyland and fairy stories. Cinderella, fairy godmother. His colleagues, because if you know anything about Tolkien, he actually ran around in the quite educated crowd. He was a professor at Oxford. And his colleagues were frustrated, actually agitated, at the reality that we keep paying good money to read books and to go to movies and to concentrate on things that they would call mystical or unknown. And they said, man, give us more fiction based on reality so that we can talk about what the world is really like. Well, J.R.R. Tolkien responded by saying this to his colleagues. He says, what you don't understand is that every human being possesses five deep longings, One, we want to step outside of time. Two, we want to defeat death. Three, we want to communicate with animals. Four, we want a love that never goes away. And five, we want to see good triumph over evil. And he said, that's why we keep writing these stories, because even though we know the stories themselves are not true, the underlying principles under the stories are that we've lost something, and this is not the way the world was meant to be. And because we live in a fallen world, things happen. See, it is important that you have an accurate theology of the fall of man. You say, well, Jesus Christ rectified everything. Okay, why do you still die? We're still living in a fallen world under the sway of the evil one. There is a kingdom, the kingdom of God that is in the heart and mind of every believer. But the full reality of that kingdom is yet to come. We are now but a down payment. We are being given a deposit, but it's not here complete. And the only way we're going to make it is if we attach ourselves to something that we know we've lost. Down deep inside, we know we've lost it. Tolkien said, Christians understand why human beings cannot get rid of these longings. They are memory trees deep inside our soul. They are memory trees of what the world was created to be, but it's not because we've turned away from God. And the only way back is to attach your soul to something that is transcendent, that you know is tied to the eternal. Dwight Moody, one of the famous pastors, preachers of all time, said, someday you're going to read in the newspapers that Dwight Moody of East Northville, Massachusetts is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? At that moment, I'll be more alive than I am now. (laughs) Dietrich Bonhoeffer, just before he was executed by the Nazis for trying to come up with a plan to execute Hitler, in prison, days before his execution, wrote a letter to his parents in where he said, mom and dad, I'm about to experience the Supreme Festival on the road to freedom. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wait a minute, Pastor Jeff, this whole thing was sparked by the death, the suicide of Jared Wilson, who was a pastor. He would have known about a fallen world. He would have practiced the presence of God in Scripture." he would have known all about eternity and lived for a purpose greater than himself. And I would probably say to you, well, all indications are you're exactly right. And then you would say, well, what happened then? He lived by some of these things that you're saying. He still took his own life. Why? And the answer is, I have no idea. I am not giving you a guarantee. I'm telling you that there's any hope at all that you have to make it. It's gonna be to defeat the present world system by the truth of the word of God. But some will lose the battle. There are too many factors at play, too many unknowns. I don't know his life. I don't know his struggles. I don't know what he dealt with, but I do know this. He's now with Jesus. That's going to make some of you uncomfortable. You're going to say, well, how do you know that? The same reason I know that those of you who are in Christ Jesus, if you die tonight, you're also going to be with Jesus. And you're going to say, some of you, not all of you, but wait a minute, his last act was murder. How can he go to heaven? So you think your last act is not going to be a sinful one? You think Jesus is going to give you a warning, five-minute warning? You're going to die in five minutes. You better confess all your sins. You think that's how it works? Can I talk to you about the bitterness in your heart and the anger and the jealousy and the malice and the strife? So you think you can go to heaven with that, but you can't commit suicide. We don't know why one does and why one doesn't, but we do know this. The grace and mercy of Jesus Christ covers past, present, future sin. And the the reality is some Christ followers may lose the battle, but thank God through his mercy and grace, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, they will win the war. How do you know that? For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know what will save this world, folks? Faith, hope, and love. Love. 1 Corinthians 13, but the greatest of these is love. Faith. (laughs) When are we going to wake up and realize that when Jesus tells us to live a certain way, it's to save us? (laughs) When will we stop sleeping with people we're not married to? When will we start being faithful to our husband or to our wife? When will we start reading scripture? When will we pursue things that are holy and pure? When will we cast aside those things that distract us from our ultimate calling? When? Only when we realize that when Christ requires something of us, it's because he has best intentions for us, our mental, our physical, our spiritual health. And only the creator and sustainer of the universe would know how we best operate within it. Faith in Jesus weighs the best way And there's ramifications. God still forgives us, but there are ramifications of the mistakes that we make. Hope, hope that one day we will be with him and love. Love when a church stops judging those who struggle with suicidal thoughts and comes along and says, man, I I may not know what you're going through, but I know that through Christ, I want to walk with you and I want to help you. When we stop being embarrassed that we confess to each other, man, I'm thinking about ending my life. And we do so because we know the person is not going to judge me, but he's going to come around, he's going to put his arm around me, and he's going to walk with me through this journey, knowing that we all have burdens to bear, that we're all sinners, that we all have struggles. When we become that kind of a community, then we'll be able to say to people who are having suicidal thoughts, and I ask you to consider this right now if you're in the room It really doesn't matter how you got here. Nobody can tell you how you got here. I don't know. I'm not that smart. No one is. But what matters is this. Run to Jesus, man. Cry out and never stop crying. Run to scripture. Get more and more of the word of God in you to fight against the power of the evil one. And then run to community because we're the ones going to tell you that you matter to God. You matter to us. You matter to God's ultimate plan in this world. Stick around, man. We need you. Father, I pray in Christ's name that through the power of the word, we would overcome so much of what the evil one throws our way. We know this is a fallen world. It's held under the sway of the evil one. We also know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. There's a power in us to overcome that is activated through the sword of the spirit, the word of God and prayer. I pray that we would become more devoted to things that are a matter of eternity, that we might be able to overcome the things that are in the here and now. In Christ's name, amen.
0: Well, that's the end of our message. Let's call on the power of God through his word and spirit today to defeat hopelessness. For the next message in this series, please join us next time. Pastor Jeff will share about hiding from and seeking God. Today with Jeff Vines, Just Another Way Vision is connecting faith to your life.